Welcome to podcast number 50 of Safe Dividend Investing on February 9th of 2022. Today, we will do something different. I will begin with questions I have answered this week, followed by a continuation of Chapter 1 from the American High Dividend Handbook. Question number one. When the stock market crashes, why do people lose money? In a market crash, you do not lose if you do not sell your shares. In both 2020 and 2008 market crashes, I neither sold nor bought shares. The price of the shares dropped by 50% but my dividends came in without interruption. I live off my dividends. I only invest in financially strong companies. All the shares recovered and the portfolio reached new highs. I have written books about investing this way. Those who lose in a crash are those speculators who must sell their shares at their lowest value to generate money to live on. This sky-is-falling fear panic is common to a large percentage of investors who are not diversified and have not spent the time to research how their stocks behaved in previous market crashes. Question number two. After the Facebook stock crash, what adjustments did you make to your portfolio? I did not own Facebook because its IDM score was not high enough and it does not pay a high dividend. As a self-directed investor, I only invest in financially strong companies paying high dividends. My portfolio provides me with a six-digit dividend income and has grown by more than 300% in the last 18 years. This week, it hit a new record high. These dividends get paid even during the 2020 and 2008 market crashes. The strange thing is that investing this way makes share prices almost irrelevant. I wasn't trying to get rich. All I had wanted from my system was to provide me with a steady, reliable income. The capital gain and ever-growing dividend return has been a surprise. This advice I was given by investment advisors 20 years ago that you have to spend your capital to have enough money to survive into your 90s now seems ridiculous. Question number three. What are the two things you would want to know about an investment advisor who is going to manage your money? Number one, how much will he be earning per hour office effort on my portfolio? Number two, how much has he earned off his own portfolio in the last 12 months? I doubt if he will answer the question as to how much he will be earning from 
for the time he spends with you. The typical advisor spends perhaps an hour or two with a client in a year and takes 2% of more of their portfolio for his efforts every year, whether it makes money or not. If an advisor is going to know what is in your portfolio, why should he not share what is in his portfolio? I doubt if he will tell you, and if he does, I would wonder if it is the truth. You might be surprised to find out his portfolio is going to be smaller than what you have to invest. After an advisor lost $300,000 of my money, I realized it was time to learn how to be a self-directed investor so that I would know exactly what I was invested in and why I was invested in it. I suppose there are honest, intelligent, straight-up investment advisors. I just have not met any. Question number four. Should I take out a loan from the bank to invest in a high-dividend-paying stock? It is a risk, but I liquidated stocks to buy a down payment on a property and took out a 2.5% fixed mortgage on the balance. My income is derived from dividends, paying me on average about 6%. That was about six years ago. The property is now worth about 200% to 300% of what I paid for it. It depends on what high dividend paying stock you put your money into. You want them to be financially strong companies for good, safe diversity, aim at 20 stocks that have long histories of ever-increasing share prices and dividend payouts. You might want to consult the charts in American High Dividend Handbook or its companion book, Canadian High Dividend Handbook, for suitable dividend stocks. Make sure you buy the stocks as a self-directed investor. Otherwise, you could lose 2% or more of your capital and commission and fees every year. It also, of course, depends upon interest you would be paying on the loan. Question number five. Why would you include REITs, real estate investment trusts, in your portfolio? The symbol with the .un after it indicates that a stock is a REIT. REITs are some of the most financially strong investments that you can put your money into. In my book, Canadian High Dividend Handbook, there are only five companies that score higher than Allied Properties with its score of 69 out of a possible 100. The previous year, this REIT had scored even higher with a 73. The highest IDM score of any stock I have ever scored was a 78. The lowest was an 8. I avoid stocks scoring less than 50. When you go to the page in the book dedicated to Allied Properties Real Estate Investment Trust, you learn that in 2011, the stock cost $23.84. In 2017, 
it had risen to $35.63. When it was scored in May 2021, it was $45.60. It has steadily increased its dividend payout for the last 10 years. It is typical of many REITs in that its book value of $48.54 exceeds its share price. This, combined with a higher operating margin of 40.46% and a price-to-earnings ratio of 17.7, confirms its strength and its safety. I do not own Allied Properties because I own several REITs that are strong and pay dividend yields closer to 8%. I like REITs because as the property they own increases in value and they refinance, you will often receive tax-free payments as you are reimbursed for the money you originally invested. Unlike mutual funds, ETFs, and index funds, where you put blind faith into those managing the investment, REITs have historical financial data that you can use to easily assess their strength before you invest. They're just as easy to buy and sell on the stock market as any stock. Question number six. With U.S. stocks in decline and everyone I know is selling, who is buying their stocks? 100% of my portfolio consists of common shares of carefully chosen, financially strong companies paying high dividends. My portfolio hit a new record high today. Over the last 17 years, it has grown by more than 300% despite spinning off a six-figure dividend income for me every year, even during the 2008 and 2020 market crashes. I can go for a year without buying or selling a stock. I only consider buying or selling when a company's IDM score falls below 50 while at the same time its dividend yield percent falls below 5%. This month, I sold off some shares of a stock that while scoring 51 and having grown by 561% over the last few years, was now only paying a dividend of 2.46%. Dividend percents drop if you do not increase the dividend payout. I wanted to invest in a stock scoring 60 that was paying a dividend of 8.85% that I could buy for $13.58 a share. I would only consider selling when I can acquire a stock with better numbers than the one I might already own. Not Everyone is selling or worried about market crashes. The strange thing is, my objective was never to get rich. It was just to have a steady, reliable income. The share prices and my net worth become almost meaningless when you invest this way. Question number seven. 
Who do you trust to manage your portfolio? After I lost $300,000 in a mutual fund that an investment advisor put my money into, I took my money back and learned how to be a self-directed investor. A few years went by, and an 80-year-old friend came to me and asked if it was normal for her portfolio to lose $300,000. I looked at her portfolio. It was full of junk. My friend had no idea what she was invested in, nor the outrageous price she was paying for professional investment advice. I taught her how to invest. After she had recovered what she had lost and overcome her additional fear of self-directed investing, knowing I was a writer, she pushed me to write a book that could guide investors like her who did not realize what was going on with their investments. I wrote that book. The message in that book is do your own investing. It is much easier than you think as long as you keep it simple and know exactly what you are invested in and why you are invested in it. If you approach investing like making a trip to a casino, then you will lose money. If you approach investing like a farmer who is planting seeds whose bountiful crop will be harvested later, then it is difficult not to see your portfolio grow and provide you with an ever-increasing income. Every day, I read financial industry journals reporting crimes by those involved in that industry. Easy, unrestricted access to someone else's money is just too great for a significant percent of thieving stock trading brokers. You also have those in the industry who are trained to sell investments that they are convinced are beneficial to investors but seem to only make their employers rich. Your best protection is allow no one to touch your money but you. Question number eight. Is the stock market falling because it's correcting itself from all the funny money that was thrown around? You make it sound that there is some being called stock market that takes offense to negative movements in the market. The stock market is just an auction vehicle in which optimistic speculators must find a pessimistic speculator to sell them shares. Millions of pessimists and optimists are trading shares. No one can accurately predict which side is going to end up on top next week, next month, or next year. For pessimists to sell their shares, they must keep lowering the amount they want for their shares. The optimists see the falling prices as a time for bargain buying. The non-speculators who carefully pick financially strong stocks paying high dividends just sit back and watch the action, live off their dividends, and patiently wait for prices to again rebound and push the markets to new highs. They know these dips have usually occurred about every four years over the last 
100 years. You either invest safely with these dips in mind, or you suddenly find half the value of your portfolio has flown with no chance of recovery. Those companies with potential but no profits that you speculated on may never recover. It isn't a correction. It is just the market doing what the market does. Continuation of Chapter 1 from the American High Dividend Handbook. Prior to the Internet, narrowing 16,001 stocks down to 20 financially strong dividend stocks would have been difficult and expensive for self-directed investors. However, a multitude of internet sources has now made it easy and virtually free. The first source to check for stock selection data is a financial institution holding your stock trading account. Hopefully, you've chosen a financial institution that offers a full package of free, easy-to-use research tools. In the next chapter, I'm going to walk you through the research tools. I do not recommend using the self-directed investment services of one financial institution over another. I certainly have not reviewed all that are available. I happen to use the easy web online banking service of the TD Bank only because they provided me with banking services since I was a teenager. From reviews that I have read, they provide as good or better online information and stock research tools as any other self-directed service. One free service that has been recommended by some readers was Yahoo Finance. I've reviewed it, and all the information needed for stock scoring is there. I have found it was important to stick to one data source to ensure that your stock scores were consistent. While you would think the same data on a stock would be the same from all sources, it isn't. If you've never used a personal computer, it is going to be difficult for you to function as an independent, self-directed investor. Your first investment challenge may be to become comfortable using a computer and the Internet. A possible option is to ask a trusted family member or friend to do your few computer transactions for you. Once your portfolio is established, their help would rarely be required. The only other option would be to employ a full-service financial advisor. That would be an expensive alternative. Over a lifetime, it could cost you several hundred thousand dollars, depending on the size of your portfolio. If that is your only option, then this book will have prepared you and how to direct an investment advisor as to which specific stocks you want in your portfolio. Open your self-directed stock trading account with an institution online. You are an established customer if you have money on deposit in a checking account with that bank. 
It should take only a few minutes to open your trading account. You will be transferring money from your checking account to your stock trading account to pay for your anticipated stock purchases. Later, you will either be transferring dividend payments back to your checking account to pay your living expenses or reinvesting that dividend income in new share purchases. You may regret going into your financial institution's place of business to open your self-directed trading account. If you go, expect to be directed to a full-service advisor who will do his best, or her best, to try to pressure you into becoming a full-service client. Paying an institution for full-service will hinder your objective of achieving financial independence. Why do financial institutions try so hard to convert self-directed investors to full-service investors? Because their employees' mandate is to separate you from as much of your money as they can with their fees and commissions. An investment advisor could be taking 2 to 4% of your portfolio value every year for his service for the rest of your life. On a million-dollar portfolio, that would probably be $20,000 a year. In 10 years, they would have separated you from $200,000 of your money. This is money that could have been invested making money for you, not them. That that 20000 would have been siphoned off whether your portfolio grew or shrank. Once your trading account is established, you can buy and sell thousands of shares of a stock, no matter its value, for a one-time transaction fee of less than $10. If you held that stock for the next 50 years, the most the institution would ever have received for those purchased shares would have been that original $10. That's all for Chapter 1 this week. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com.